Hello, Disney fans. And yes, I'm back with some more Disney film rankings. It's been a while since I've done an episode like this. Last season, I did two episodes where I listed my favorite Disney films based on what era they originated from, most notably classic and renaissance slash post-renaissance age. Since then, I'm sure some of you guys might be asking, is Eric going to be talking about modern Disney next? Well, if you look at the title, it does kind of give away the answer. <laughs> However, if you don't count Pixar or any of those god-awful live-action remakes, there's really not that many modern Disney movies to begin with which is why I can't bring myself to make a top 10 list, so the best thing I can do is rank every modern Disney movie from worst to best. Think all the way back when I ranked the worlds from the Kingdom Hearts games, and yes, I will return to that series when you know what comes out. <laughs> anyway, the rules will be the same as before. I'll be judging these movies based on story, themes, and how they impact Disney in general, and to help with my selections, we'll be starting from movies released in 2009 all the way to the most recent film, Encanto. As of the making of this episode, we know very little of the upcoming Disney movies which are Strange World and Foster, so it would make sense to include them. Once again, this is all just my opinion, so if you think a certain film should have been ranked higher, that's fine. Though I have a feeling that most of you are going to view my ranking as controversial. Hey, it'd be like that sometimes. Or, all the time if you're me. <laughs> I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and these are the modern Disney movies ranked from worst to best. At number 12, which is the very bottom of the list, we sadly have Wreck-It Ralph 2. This shouldn't be a surprise for most people, because the geeks and I have said at one point that we're not big fans of this movie. Granted, I loved the first movie, and I was completely down for a sequel. It's just the execution is what brings this movie down for me. The story is pretty simple. Ralph and Vanellope travel to the internet to find a part that can fix Sugar Rush in the arcade. Yet Vanellope starts to question where she belongs. Let's get one thing out of the way first. This movie, more or less, Feels like one giant Disney commercial with all its cameos, easter eggs, and references. As a guy who loves easter eggs in media, I enjoyed most of it, especially seeing Vanellope casually hang out with nearly every Disney princess. But it gets to the point where I feel like Disney promotes themselves too much. But Eric, Space Jam 2 had the exact same problem! In theory, yes. But in my argument, those references were more entertaining than what this film could have hoped to accomplish. Another thing I couldn't stand is the character derailment. Starting with Ralph, who went from being this misunderstood guy who wanted to do something good in his life, to an awkward, insecure, and quite frankly, creepy man-child. Felix and Calhoun get completely shafted for like 90% of the film, despite being main characters. And Vanellope. Oh god. She's now the most selfish princess in the entire Disney lineup, because she was willing to leave her game, and the people who look up to her, to live in this bootleg GTA game. And I get it. The theme of this movie is trying something new without being pressured by others. But this brings me to my biggest con. It completely contradicts the first movie. Seriously, they stated many times in the first movie that characters can't leave their video game or else the whole game gets shut down. That was the whole consequence to Rob's story in the first movie. Why did they mention that at all during this movie? Did they straight up forgot that was a thing? If so, that's fucking bullshit. I talked about this movie long enough. Overall, Wrecker Ralph 2 was extremely disappointing, which is why I consider it to be the worst modern Disney movie so far. Also, real quick, why is it called Ralph Breaks the Internet instead of Ralph Wrecks the Internet? Come on, that title makes a lot more fucking sense. At least Ralph himself acknowledged it, but that's enough praise I'm willing to give. At second to last place, we have Frozen 2. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of Frozen, so I wasn't that excited when they announced the sequel. And, yeah, it's definitely a sequel to Frozen, alright? 
Elsa rediscovering the origins of her powers, with of course Anna, Olaf, Kristoff, and Sven tagging along. So yeah, more drama between the two sisters, Kristoff trying to think of the best proposal, Olaf being, well, Olaf. Yeah, if you couldn't already tell, I don't give a shit about this movie, especially the new characters they introduced. Though I did find it funny to see Olaf legit reenact the first movie in front of those soldiers, and being truthful can be a good theme overall. Still, I really don't give two shits about what's going on, or the songs for that matter. But Eric, if you don't care about this movie, why is it above Wreck-It Ralph 2? Well, I feel like this movie did a better job at world building, and the characters for the most part act like they're supposed to act. Wreck-It Ralph 2 missed both those marks in my opinion. Still, I don't see myself watching Frozen 2 anytime soon. Finishing up the Bomb 3, we have the first Frozen movie. Yeah, I'm fucking serious. I have the balls to put Disney's current cash cow in the Bomb 3, right next to its sequel in Wreck-It Ralph 2, mind you. But I need to verify one thing before I cause a riot. I don't hate this movie. In fact, I like Frozen to an extent, and I can understand why people love this movie. A story about an ice queen struggling to control her ice powers while her sister tries to help her actually led to a couple good things. Whether that be the visuals, relatable characters, or theme, which is the biggest pro I have. And it's love from others will help you get through in life. With that said, why did I rank this movie in the bomb 3? Well, it's mostly due to its reputation. Ever since the movie came out in 2013, everyone would not shut the fuck up about it! Seriously, my last three years of high school, my college days, and even now as an adult, I keep hearing, Oh, Frozen's the best Disney movie ever! They wouldn't stop talking about the characters or the songs which admittedly I don't care for, and it didn't take long for me to get annoyed with some of the characters, mainly Olaf. Also, I kinda knew Hans would be the main villain, even before he and Anna sang Love's an Open Door, or whatever the song's called. Again, I can see why everyone loves this movie, but I don't see it as the magna opus that everyone sees it as. Still, if I'm feeling generous, I would give it a watch. Next up, we have the 2011 Winnie the Pooh film. You guys know I love Winnie the Pooh, especially the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which I talked about before. However, if you were to ask me which movie I think is better, i go with the many adventures. That's not to say this movie is terrible or anything, but it is what you expect it to be. Different stories merge together in one movie, except their efforts to make them consistent leaves much to be desired. It's almost like the film couldn't decide if it wanted to focus on finding Eeyore a new tale, Tigger finding another Tigger, saving Christopher Robin from the Baxin, or Pooh trying to eat honey. Honestly, I'm more surprised that people hate this movie. Yeah, the plot feels messy, but I don't think it's that bad. The characters still act the way we know and love, and I do like the message of putting others' needs first instead of your own, as Showing Pooh gave up Honey to retrieve Eeyore's missing tail. And admittedly, Zoe Deschanel's cover of Winnie the Pooh is my favorite version of the song. Unpopular opinion, I know. <laughs> still, it's a cute movie, all things considered. And honestly, I probably see myself watching this movie more often than Frozen. Only on Geek's Crossing will you hear someone say, I'd rather watch the 2011 Winnie the Pooh movie more times than Frozen. <laughs> Taking the number 8 spot, we have Zootopia. A movie that took me a while to appreciate if I'm being honest. That's not to say I hated the movie, I just never saw the appeal in it at first. But after watching this movie again recently, I realized it's not that bad. Sure, it's pretty much a furry version of every buddy cop movie you've seen from time to time, but there's definitely a lot more to it, especially when they incorporate conflict between different races, but in a more subtle and appropriate way. In this case, the idea of predators and prey living together peacefully, which was greatly demonstrated by Judy Hopps, who strived to be the first bunny cop, despite that job being more suited towards predators, or Nick Wilde, who may act like a sly fox, and I mean that shit both figuratively and literally, but deep down, he's just a misunderstood guy. And I'll admit, 
the big plot twist towards the end isn't nearly as predictable as I feared it would be. At the same time, you knew some things were too good to be true. Either way, I still like Zootopia. I just don't see myself watching it as much as most people. Moving on to the middle of the list, we have The Princess and the Frog. Probably one of the oldest fairy tales of all time, and it took a while for Disney to make their own adaption. From what I remember, this movie came out at a somewhat awkward time, because during the late 2000s, Disney's recent films weren't doing so well financially, and they were on the verge of making every animated film 3D instead of 2D, yet Princess and the Frog definitely left a good impression given the time it was released. For instance, I like how they made fun of their own source material and added more layers to make the story we're used to a lot more fleshed out. Whether you want to compare that to Shrek is up to you. <laughs> and the characters were enjoyable for the most part, such as Lewis, who wants to be a professional trumpet player despite being an alligator, Ray, a firefly who falls in love with a giant star in the sky, who he's convinced is a firefly as well, and Dr. Facilier, who's probably one of the most sinister yet underrated Disney villains out there, considering he has access to voodoo magic. And come on! You can't deny how fucking insane it was to see him literally get dragged to hell near the end of the movie! Anyway, this movie actually has two themes we can relate to. One of them involves working hard to reach your goals, and the other being all the money in the world can't make you happy. Both themes play off each other well thanks to Tiana and Naveen. Not to mention, this movie has surprisingly catchy songs, such as Down in New Orleans, When We're Human, and Dig a Little Deeper. If anything, watching this movie got me interested in traveling to New Orleans one day. Maybe I'll even go on a food tour like Homer Simpson. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, this movie feels forgettable nowadays, yet it still has its moments, and it shows that 2D Disney still has that charm we're used to seeing during the Renaissance age. Ironically, at number 6, we have Big Hero 6. It's funny, when this movie first came out, I had no idea it was based off a Marvel comic, or how differently the characters looked compared to the comic. Either way, I thought it was another interesting way to incorporate another Marvel IP in the oversaturated universe that is Disney. Hmm. <laughs> Story-wise, it not only parodies the superhero genre, but the mystery genre as well. Yeah, it's definitely nothing new, but the one thing that kept me infested were the characters. Such as Hero, the teenage prodigy, and his friends who each have their own distinct personalities. My favorite being Fred because of how laid-back he is. Even Tadashi left a huge impact on the movie despite not appearing that much. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> but who am I kidding? The best character is obviously Baymax. Honestly, how can you not be a fan of Baymax? He's literally the most wholesome Disney character we had in years! Even outranking Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, I'm going that far. His bond with Hero is obviously the film's strongest point, as well as the message about not letting your emotions get the better of you. The only reason why Big Hero 6 didn't make the top 5 for me is mostly because of the twist villain reveal. Yeah, let's cut the bullshit. We knew Callahan was going to be a surprise villain, yet he had a reasonable motive. That plus other plot points I care not to bring up. Except for Baymax, who just so happened to have his healthcare chip in his rocket fist before propelling Hero out of the portal. Even though we never SAW Baymax take out his chip. Whatever, who cares about logic? <laughs> Big Hero 6 is still a great movie overall. We're now in the top 5, and to start us off, we have Encanto. I know. What the fuck, Eric? How dare you don't rank Encanto any higher? Hey, I put the movie in the top 5. That should count for something, right? Anyway. This movie definitely left a strong impression based on two criterias, one of them being the concept, a girl who is part of a family where everyone has a superpower, or gift in this case, except for her, could make for interesting plot points, and sure enough, they did. Another thing is the music. Right away, this movie slaps hard with very catchy songs like Waiting on a Miracle, We Don't Talk About Bruno, which is probably the best song, and What Else Can I Do? Sorry for those who love the family madrigal or service pressure, but I really don't like those songs all too much. Yeah, something tells me I just pissed off a bunch of people even more. 
maybe I have a gift this whole time, and that's disappointing people. <laughs> in terms of themes, Nobody is Perfect is one that instantly comes to mind, especially when Mirabelle tried so hard to meet her family's approval, only to make them realize the pressure they were all inflicting on themselves. One minor issue I have are the characters. Yeah, they're all interesting and relatable in a way, but aside from Mirabelle, Abuela, and Bruno, the rest of the family and townspeople felt shafted, even when they got their own musical numbers. And I'd be lying if I said I memorized all the members of the family Madrigal by heart, because I constantly have to remind myself who's who and what their gifts are. <laughs> and yeah, it was kind of obvious that the movie would end with Mirabelle still not receiving a gift, which admittedly made the movie's message even stronger. And just how like Princess and the Frog inspired me to visit New Orleans one day, this movie inspired me to take a trip to Columbia one day. You know, if I can afford it. <laughs> Either way, Encanto is surprisingly a great movie, and should be in the top 5. At number 4, we have the movie that coincidentally released the same year as Encanto, that being Raya and the Last Dragon. I can imagine some of you are outraged that I had the nerve to put this movie above Encanto. Whatever, I've already established that my gift was bringing disappointment. <laughs> but in all seriousness, this movie was a lot better than I expected. A young warrior embarks on a quest to find the last dragon and save her father after an evil play called The Droom was released. One of the things I love about this movie are the characters. Some favorites I can name without question are Tong, Noi, aka the Khan Baby, and arguably the best character, Shitsu, because of how much positivity she brings to an otherwise serious movie. That's kind of another reason why I rank this movie this high. Unlike the other movies I mentioned where things are mostly lighthearted and shit, this one definitely acts more serious, both in its tone and themes, most notably, the message of trust. Yeah, the world is full of shady people, making it hard to trust someone, but the moment you do, it can make a difference in people's lives. This was greatly shown between Raya and Shisu's opposing philosophies, where Shisu is more open-minded and believes there's good in everyone, whereas Raya, who has trouble trusting others based on the trauma she had to endure, courtesy of Namari. If anything, this gives the film a sense of realism, not to mention providing very entertaining action scenes, especially whenever Raya and Namari engage in combat. So yeah, Raya and the Last Dragon may be a hit or miss for most Disney fans, but for me, I loved it and I have no regrets ranking it this high. Make way for the third spot on my list. That's right, it's Moana. Yeah, that segue sounded a lot better in my head. <laughs> anyway, Moana was one of those Disney movies I wasn't sure I was going to like or not before watching it for the first time. Thankfully, my opinion took a turn for the best because I ended up loving this movie, especially when I realized how much it reminds me of Kingdom Hearts. Think about it. An Islander want to explore the outside world, Moana goes on a quest to save her world from being taken over by the darkness, and the way she can do so is by restoring the heart of Tefiti? Bro, this is fucking Kingdom Hearts, and I love it. The characters also make this movie very enjoyable. Starting with Moana's will and determination to save her people, Maui, who started off as conceited until he learns what being a hero is really about, Hercules anyone? Tomato, who's also very conceited, even the ocean itself has so much personality. In terms of themes, self-discovery is what this film mostly embodies. As Moana desperately tries to figure out her role in life and why the ocean chose her, the soundtrack is amazing as well, with songs like Where You Are, How Far I'll Go, You're Welcome, and possibly the best song, Shiny. The only negative I can say about this movie is how they never showed Maui's sudden change of heart from when he goes back to save Moana. It just happens right the fuck out of nowhere. Other than that, I love Moana, and he easily earns a spot this high. At second place, we have Wreck-It Ralph. Many fans consider this movie to be a homage to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, except with video game IPs, and as a gamer, I was completely down for a movie like this. And it felt so surreal seeing video game characters like Q-Bird, Pac-Man, 
and even fucking Sonic the Hedgehog in a Disney movie. However, cameos and references isn't the movie's only charm, but rather its concepts and characters. A video game villain that leaves his own game so he can try and be a good guy? That's something original and makes Ralph one of the most sympathetic characters in any Disney movie. Other characters have their moments too, such as Vanellope, who may act annoying, but deep down she's an outcast like Ralph. Fix-It Felix Jr., who tries to be the pacifist until he learns to grow a backbone. Then you have Sergeant Calhoun, who becomes less serious and more open to others thanks to Felix. It goes without saying that their chemistry helped make the movie even better. And let's not forget about King Candy, who's probably one of the best twist villains in any Disney movie, even when they tried making him act all innocent and shit. This movie does a great job at conveying the message that a label doesn't defy who you are as a person. And Ralph took that message seriously when he finally proved that he has what it takes to be a good guy, despite being a quote-unquote bad guy. I also want to quickly bring up the animation and how great of a job this movie does when replicating certain genres and graphics, whether it's the simple world of 8-bit side-scrollers, the dark and violent world of first-person shooters, or the fun and colorful world of racing games. This movie was spot on with all those demographics, and if you try not to think about all the shittiness that Wrecker Ralph 2 provided, this movie is still amazing even after 10 years. And by process of elimination, my favorite modern Disney movie is none other than Tangled. What can I say about this movie? Other than being the movie that Disney desperately needed to get back on track. Seriously, everything about this movie is fucking beautiful. The animation, the story, the characters, and so much more. Right off the bat, I have to praise the story. Much like the case with Princess and the Frog, this movie adds more layers to a rather simple fairy tale that at the same time makes it feel original. And all the characters plus their relationships is what made the story even better. Starting with Rapunzel, who is very determined and kind to those around her. Flynn, or Eugene, who acted self-centered at first, slowly starts to see the bigger picture thanks to Rapunzel. Pascal and Maximus provide great humor throughout the movie compared to most animal sidekicks we've seen, especially when Maximus was hell-bent on making sure he captures Eugene at all costs. Even the side characters had their moments too, mainly those thugs Rapunzel and Eugene met at the Snuggly Duckling. Even though they look vicious, deep down, they're all good guys at heart. And let's not forget about Mother Gothel, who did all she could to isolate Rapunzel at all costs. I know, she's probably the most obvious Disney villain out there, and the movie goes out of their way to make it more obvious. But her being the villain was never the point. It was about Rapunzel slowly realizing that the only other person she spent most of her life with truly didn't care about her at all, and that made their conflict all the more intense. This movie also provides a very strong message on finding yourself, and don't let your fears hold you back on achieving your goals. And that was greatly demonstrated by Rapunzel, as she was determined to see the world she's been isolated from for about 18 years. Also, how can anyone not be a fan of the music? With excellent songs such as When Will My Life Begin, I've Got a Dream, arguably the best song, and of course, I See the Light. This is another Disney movie I can see myself watching from time to time, and it has the honor of being my favorite modern Disney movie so far. And those are the current modern Disney movies ranked from worst to best, at least in my opinion. It's obvious that some movies were hit or miss, or in some cases, biased or underappreciated. <laughs> but I'm glad I got to watch most of these movies again and think about them from a critic's point of view. Here's to hoping that Strange World and Foster will be great as Tangled and not disappointing like Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> anyway, how would you rank the current modern Disney movies? Feel free to let us know on our Discord server and follow us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Continue to support us on all major listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer using. Check us out on Twitch at Eman the Legendary, Nuclear Bacons, Games, and of course, Carabyte. 
Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel under the same name, Eman the Legendary, and tell your friends and family about us, especially any Disney fans you know. Thank you for listening, and stay true to your geek selves.